You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I would like to begin by calling in the spirits to be with us here today. So I call out to your ancestors and to mine. I call out to the men and the women that go back to the first man and to the first woman. And I call out to those who lived well and died well and bring to us the legacy of all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines. And I call out to the ancestors of life, the plants, the animals, the bugs, the everything that makes life because it was life that dreamt of the humans. And I call out to the planet that dreamt of life. And I call out to the brother, sister planets and the sun, the solar system that called out for a planet that carried life. And I call out to the galaxy that dreamt of solar systems. And I call out to the universe that dreamt of galaxies. And I call out all the way back to the source, the source of all living things as we understand it. I call all the way back to that first ancestor. So I call out for all of these ancestors and the great line of the dreamers to be with us here today so that we, the humans, can be supported in dreaming better, dreaming a more life-filled, loving dream that would be good for all living things, not just a few. So I call out for all of these ancestors to gather around us to help us to remember that everything born of the dream has its own direct connection back to source through the lineage of the dreamers and that everything present in life today is born of that dream and is a dreamer. And I call out to these energies to help us to remember that in every waking moment. And so as we reach in this circle of ancestors, many, many, many concentric circles of ancestors, let us reach from our head to our hearts and move our energy from our hearts to our bellies. And with choice, move our energy from our bellies down into the earth. And as we touch the earth and begin to move into the earth, as we begin to reach for the very center of the earth, let us take a moment to give thanks to the earth for this day. For the wonder and the blessing in this day, for the great beauty, the great diversity of life, and for the simple fact that you are alive. Take a moment to be in awe of that fact. We do, not, we do know where babies come from, but we don't really understand where life comes from. And let that great mystery enthrall you for a moment in awe as we give thanks to the earth for this day. And we continue to reach down into the very, very center of the earth. And we draw up the energy of the earth into our lives, asking the earth to bring us all the wisdom of manifestation, how to be here in form in a good way. And we wish to use that energy in a way that we can choose groundedness and connection and interconnection and belonging, that we use this energy in our life to create a sense of home and hearth and place, the place in which we choose to stand. And we call out to this energy to help us to experience the interconnectedness of all things, that great web of life. 
and ultimately the oneness of all things. And in that oneness, let us find our right relationship with ourself, our right relationship with others, our right relationship with the environment, and our right relationship with the invisible world. We call out to the energy of the earth to help us to be who we have come here to be in a better way. And with the energy of the earth rising up into our bodies like a crystal clear spring of fresh water, bringing in replenishment and renewal and restoration, let us draw that energy up from our bellies to our hearts and our hearts to our minds and out from our minds into the sky above, out through whatever the weather the day is offering you and out through the atmosphere and out into the cosmos, reaching all the way up to the highest power of the universe. And as we reach to the highest power of the universe, we are asking for all the wisdom of the cosmos to come to us. We reach up to that highest power and by whatever name we call it, we name it and call it down, drawing down the essential energy of blessing and protection the energy of benevolence, the energy of generosity. We draw these energies into our day that, they, that we might experience our own inspiration and innovation and creativity. So we call these energies down into our heads, into our hearts, into our bellies. And we become that place here on earth where heaven and earth dance. Where the big love happens as the yin and yang energies come together within our bodies, swirl and move and become as one. And in that rich and vital movement, that energy of the big love, we call out for the spirit of our hearts to be present. Reach into your heart, into that place, and awaken that heart energy and ask it to open, to be the crucible that it is for the fiery passions of our belly and the crystal clarity of our mind to come together in our hearts in a kind of dance, a kind of dynamic that destroys neither but allows in that dynamic tension between the two that we can find in that energy the reason that we are here. Even if it is just an energy, may we feel it today, may we know it in some way, and may we find the courage to do something, large or small, to bring that knowing in our heart into action in our lives. And for this, we as humans reach out to the spirit world and have called them in, and we give thanks for their presence. May what needs to be said here today be said. May what needs to be heard be heard. And may whatever happens happen in a way that is good for all living things. And we give thanks for the presence of spirit in our lives. And I give thanks for you all in my life. I give special thanks to Malama and Paula and Kate and Katrina and all of those of you who have been able and willing to donate financially to the show. You all keep the show alive and on the air and available. For anyone who is able to get onto the internet, the shows are available for free. We're going on starting to build the fifth year of shows. And all of these are out there for anyone who have access because you all are willing to give. So if you are moved by this show, if you are moved in the heart in any way, doesn't mean it. I'm not saying you have to like it. I'm just saying if you're moved in any way in the heart, you have been moved and allow yourself to be moved and motivated into action in that way. If you can, please donate to the show. You can go to whyshamanismnow.com to the support button, click an amount and um, offer any amount in any denomination. doesn't matter. It all goes directly to keeping the show on the air. And please do all of the other many things that you are doing if you cannot donate to help to keep the show alive and vital. Sending your questions, sending your show ideas, but most importantly, using what you are being challenged to learn by the show in your life and letting me know what happens. 
So thank you all for all the many ways that you support me in doing this show and the many ways that the spirits support us through this show. So we are live this week. If you'd like to call in because you have a question about today's topic, um, you can call in at 512-772-1938. You can Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site or email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. So we are continuing on a journey here today. Last week I talked about true yang energy. Um, And so today I'm going to speak about the other half. It's actually hard to talk about yin and yang energies apart from each other, but because that's where we're coming from as we come out of the old story. It's how our um, minds have been shaped by the beliefs that we were given as children. It helps to begin by talking about them that way, separately as yin and yang, and then begin um, once we have a, a renewed, a refreshed understanding of these energies to then begin to think about them in our lives as a, as a wholeness, as a oneness, and how they move and change and shape shift each into the other. Because now remember that there is only one energy. But like the breath, there's an in and an out. There's um, a pulse to that energy. And one facet of that, one pulse, we call yin and the other we call yang. And that they, in humans, they have very different qualities. And yet, it's important to remember there isn't actually two separate kinds of energy. There's one energy that is being moved in different ways. And so that's an important thing to remember as we talk about these energies. So last week, as I said, we discussed the true yang, what it looks like and feels like in a human. So yin and yang, these energies are actually really big cosmic energies. Um, And they are experienced by everything in form and things without form. You know, animal, vegetable, mineral, the invisible world we work with through shamanism. Everything is... um, experiencing yin and yang expressions of itself. And I personally studied Qigong for a very long time, decades, without ever getting it. Um, because the, to, the understanding, the mental understanding of yin and yang energies flies um, right in the face. It is very contrary to the, the, the dominant beliefs and values of the old story. And I was born in the old story just like you were. So... Um, What I was finally gifted with in the path of my life was a teacher who had two gifts, and these are unique in teachers of um, Qigong, is that he had a gift for the Qigong itself, but he also had a gift for the spoken word, and in particular, the spoken English word. I mean, there are many who have a gift for Chinese, but that doesn't help me because I don't understand Chinese. So the other thing about this time is that I had a gift. I had a gift of desperation. And the beauty of desperation as a gift in your life is it makes you do things you wouldn't otherwise do. And so what I did was listen <laughs> in a way probably I wouldn't have if I hadn't been so desperate. And I, I knew at that time that I had to change how I was doing what I was, what I was doing. And so this teacher helped me then to relate this yin-yang stuff that I couldn't really understand into being a human. And once I understood with his help what it felt like as a human, then I could begin to understand it in my mind as concepts. So until then, I really didn't get it, I have to admit it. And um, 
So I, I want to dedicate this show in great gratitude to that teacher, but also to all of the teachers that I had before um, who couldn't get it through my thick Western skull. And so with a deep bow of gratitude, um, I want to honor these teachers um, as we forge ahead here today. So here we are, the living, in this particular time, on this particular planet. We are here in the transition. The old world is dead. And I cannot tell you how many times it's beginning to become daily that I now see evidence that the old world is dead. Evidence in what people are doing who are not even necessarily conscious of doing anything differently. It's fascinating. It's beautiful. It's, it's inspiring, to be honest. So here we are, though, the living. And we are here to write the new story, or we wouldn't have chosen to be here now. So we are writing the new story, and we are writing the new story with our actions. And if we want it to be a new story, we need to act in new ways. And I've been talking about this now for almost two months. <laughs> so, so now recall that one of the deepest held beliefs that supports the cranky, lonely old man story of the old world is the belief that yang stands separate and above the yin. And so you know, that's the idea of that old god as a judgmental old man up on a cloud who sees and knows everything and you can't speak directly to him because of original sin and all that stuff. Right? You know, that silly old story. What's important though is to realize that our actions come from our beliefs. So we must explore our beliefs if we want to get to new actions. So two of the beliefs that we've been talking about on and off over these months is um, a new belief relative to the old story, which is a belief in oneness, that oneness is, and that oneness has this in-out yin-yang pulse to it, that there is this movement in the oneness. And then the second belief is a belief in wholeness. In other words, the belief that yin and yang energies are not better than or more important than. They are different and yet equally needed each by the other for life and for wholeness. So it's interesting. I mean, I was born in 1960. And so I experienced um, much of a certain phase in the women's movement and the ERA. And what was interesting about that time is that men and women could not understand the whole different but created equal thing. It it, it just, it made people crazy. And yet the ability to understand this is fundamental to understanding yin and yang energy. And so we couldn't understand it, not because we're not capable, but we had beliefs that defied it. And we didn't know yet to dig into those beliefs and change them. And it is fundamentally goes back to the belief in separation. And so the new story then is based on this belief in wholeness, not separation, but wholeness. That these energies, that there is a dynamic in physical manifestation. In our physical life, there is a dynamic. It's required to create this physical experience that we're having. Otherwise, we'd all just be a big old gooey oneness, right? But we're having this experience of being physical. So that yin-yang is required to manifest this great dream that we're living. So it just is, in other words. So, so here we are. So for this reason, we, we, because this is the path that I went on, I had to understand what yin and yang energies felt like as a human 
before I could roll that up into a kind of understanding that could then change my beliefs and begin to change my actions. And that's where I'm trying to go to in in these two shows is our ability to get a sense of what it feels like when we're already doing it. And then how to go from the feeling to understanding, from the understanding to then be able to challenge our beliefs and then in changing our beliefs to begin to change our actions. Okay. So as we go forward, remember, yang does not equal masculine and yin does not equal feminine. That's not a valuable way to understand this. You will dead end and, and misunderstand. So this is real. I realize that many people teach it that way and just don't go there, really. Um, bless their hearts, but don't go there. All men and all masculine energy is composed of yin and yang expressions that are in constant motion and the same for all women and all feminine energy and it is composed of yin and yang energies that are constantly shape-shifting between each other and always in motion so yin so when we talk about yin energies elementally we use imagery earth imagery water imagery these energies are often described as cold or cool dark energies, dense energies. Um, Because remember, yang would be elementally fire and air. So we're in the contrast um, of that. So cool, dark, dense, and still, stillness. So in humans, the most often identified true yin energies are silence, stillness, and solitude. So these qualities are almost always present within the qualities of what it feels like to be experiencing true yin energies. Now, for those of you like me who are saying, oh, man, not meditation again. Shit, you know, I can't meditate, so I'm never going to get this yin thing, right? Don't worry. If I could do it, you can do it. Now, for the rest of you who are saying, man, I got this yin thing nailed. I meditate every day. You are also suffering from a lack of imagination. You both are, right? So stillness and silence are choices that you can make anywhere, anytime. For example, instead of talking on your phone while you walk your dog, you could choose to walk in silence, seeing the nature that you pass and being seen by Allow yourself to be seen by the nature you are passing. To see and be seen by speaks to a level of inner stillness and inner silence that begins to tap or to cultivate our yin energies. So be creative. Think about ways that you can bring silence stillness and potentially solitude into your day maybe into your week and then ultimately you know from a Taoistic perspective I talk about this every year into our year whenever your winter is you in the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere that is the time to go into deep silence stillness and solitude 
So solitude will ultimately be required, actually, for deep yin restoration. If you are truly deficient and truly depleted, uh, keep that in mind. But let's just talk about normal, normal people. So each of us enters into solitude every night when we sleep. So one way you could approach using what I'm talking about here today is just focus on your sleeping at night. Let's say you're saying, man, Christina, I got so much going on in my life. There's no way I can add this stuff into my day. Great. Don't. Shift your awareness to focus then on sleep. It is the time. It's the natural yin time of every day. We all should be doing it. Hopefully we are all doing it. And so consider, instead of worrying about how to wedge these things into your day, consider your approach to sleep. Not as going to bed, but the way you would approach a meditation or a sacred practice. That I am now intentionally entering my yin time. I am entering the time when I am choosing silence. I am choosing stillness. I am choosing solitude. Because Even if you're sleeping with someone, once you sleep, you move into a time of solitude. And one of the greatest reasons that people don't sleep well at night is this terrifies them to go into the yin time. Much of sleeplessness, that's not mechanical sleeplessness, is fear of the yin. Fear of what would happen if I would shut up, stop moving. And touch into what I find in the darkness in myself. So that's a place to begin with the true yin energies. Because every night you go there. And and observe the quality of your sleep. If you begin to treat the nighttime not as going to bed. But as an approach to a sacred practice of yin cultivation. And then how do you come out of it in the morning? Take a moment and bow out to give thanks to the darkness, to the silence, to the solitude for what it brought to you in that night. To take that moment of transition from your yin time to end your practice as you would close a yoga class or your time at your altar. To to bow out, to end that sacred time with the yin and go on into your day. You could do it that way. So don't panic. Don't panic about any of this. Don't worry about whether this is or isn't meditation. Just ask yourself, how can I create 15 minutes of stillness or silence in this day? Can't do that? Pay attention to your nighttime. What could you bring to each week that would allow you actual solitude? For those of you that are very introverted, you may need more than those who are extroverted. But introvert or extrovert, in terms of yin energies, everyone, male and female, needs to cultivate yin. And and it needs regular solitude. So doing the things that cultivates these qualities may cultivate your yin reserves. They may or may not. Depends on where you are with things. But at the very least... 
the expression of these qualities of silence and stillness and solitude in your life is a sign that you are succeeding in beginning to bring true yin energy into the moment at least. So as you do that then, yin energy, true yin energy is also felt in groundedness. So grounding in and of itself is fundamental to our energetic health and our sense of safety in the day. So in other words, to choose to not be grounded is to choose to be anxious because we're not protected. Our fundamental aspect of protection is to ground ourselves energetically. So when you choose to not be grounded, and many people do, they're not conscious they're choosing, but they just choose to go through the day ungrounded. So that means you're also choosing to go through the day with a low baseline level of anxiety. And then depending on where you live and how damaging not being grounded might be to you, that anxiety could actually get pretty high throughout the day. So by simply choosing to value the yin energy of groundedness, see, the reason we don't do yin energy is because you got to remember, we've all come out of the old story where we don't value any of this. Well, the old story didn't. And so we need to start making new choices. You must choose groundedness. It is fundamental to our energetic health and well-being. So a grounding practice always requires a moment of stillness, turning inward, visualizing in some way your energy body connecting deep into the center of the earth. So it's a little moment. So grounding is this little moment of stillness, of silence, of solitude. So as you develop a habit of groundedness, um, this aspect of the yin energies also begins to extend out to be felt as connectedness. If I'm grounding, I'm actually connecting to the earth. Well, if I'm connecting to the earth, and then feeling the earth energy connect back to myself. Now I'm a little bit more connected to myself, but I can also begin to connect with other energies on the earth, like nature, right? And there's also a sense there, not only of this connection, of of recognizing or feeling the connection in things, but a sense of gathering, a sense of drawing energy to you. So think about it in this way, especially right now, uh, for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, we're moving into springtime and there's little flowers everywhere. And think about how flowers gain everything that they need and they never move anywhere. They're magnetic. Yang energy is dynamic. Yin energy is fundamentally magnetic. It gathers, it draws things to it. And so groundedness that interconnectedness of everything and feeling the um, magnetic energy in that, the gathering, the, the collecting, these are all yin energies. And so some of you um, have written back to me from other shows and talked about how what you realized the piece that was missing for you, because you were doing your altar practice in the morning and doing the grounding, but the piece that was missing was gathering yourself at the end of the day. And for those of you that commute, especially if you're not driving in your commute, it is a perfect practice for your end-of-the-day commute is to spend that time collecting, gathering, drawing your energy back from where it's scattered throughout the day and coalescing that energy, sort of filtering as it comes back into your body and grounding it down into the belly and down into the earth. It's a perfect practice, yin practice at the end of the day. 
So one of the issues with connection, when I start talking about connection, which I am right now, is that people tend to check out because culturally there's a lot of pain right now around feeling disconnected, alienated, disenfranchised, um, alone. This is a, this, these are many of the qualities people talk about when they describe their depression. So no, don't check out. Know that this show is very, very literally for you. Because that feeling, depression itself, but these feelings of not being connected are very much about um, false or deficient yin energy. So you could stop focusing on these issues in your life as psychological issues or psycho-emotional issues. Just stop focusing on them that way for three months. Focus on them as yin-yang energies, as um, yin deficiency, yin stagnation. And, and just take some action to cultivate true yang energies. Just work with these two shows. Spend three months just focusing on your disconnection, alienation, and heartbrokenness with the world, not as psycho-emotional problems, not as something that needs to be pathologized, but as issues around your balance of yin-yang energy. And you will be able to transform it. So the first thing that shamanism taught me, for example, was that everything was connected to me. Now, I could choose not to feel that, but what, what shamanic journeying showed me is that separation is a lie, that everything is connected, and that my feelings of disconnection, which I had, and my feelings of alienation, which I had, were actual feelings. I was feeling them. I don't want to diminish that. But that those feelings were fundamentally my creation based on my story from my past experience. So it was my overlay on a deeper reality of connectedness. So the reality of energy and our relationship with spirit is that we are connected. We are one. So then my task became becoming a person who could open to that reality. And that would have been a hell of a lot easier for me back then if I'd actually understood how to do that through playing with these true yin and true yang energies. So to do that, now what I would say to people is that you must first cultivate a respect for true yin energies. I was very overactive at that time in my life. And so I couldn't do it any other way but through journeying. I couldn't have meditated to save my silly little life. But I could journey, and in that journeying, there was stillness. There was silence. There was the journey, but there was also this growing understanding that there was something bigger than my own personal psycho-emotional drama going on in my life. So back to these true yin energies. So true yin energies are present when we feel rejuvenation. Not excitement, not enthusiasm, but rejuvenation. It's a different energy. True yin energies are present when we feel replenished. Um, truly, I, I always use this example. I realize that. But when you have been on a hike and you run out of water and the sun just keeps getting hotter and you're not sure you're ever going to find fresh water again because you are now two days away from the car and the only way back is two more days back, finding water especially crystal clear mountain spring water and drinking it is the most 
uh, profound experience of being replenished that I can even imagine. I always, when I hear the word replenishment, I am back on that day. Dropping the pack, stripping off the clothes, taking off the boots, getting absolutely naked and lying down in a freezing mountain spring and just staying there. Feeling my core body temperature lower, getting back somewhere close to normal. And then just rolling over and putting my face in that water and feeling my head cool down, drinking the water and feeling every cell in my body go from where it was five minutes before, which was total panic. We are going to die to absolute ecstasy of being replenished. There being a inner reconciliation and peace. All of a sudden, all the cells are at peace again. Everybody's happy to be a cell now. I'm a skin cell. I'm a bone cell. I'm a muscle cell. I'm a little liver cell. Everybody's happy to be a cell because everybody's got their water again. That's replenishment. True yin energies are also present in restoration. There's a feeling that comes. For example, after you have cleaned the garage or cleaned out that closet, or pulled everything out of the shelves in the kitchen and washed the shelves and put it back. When it's all back and you've restored order, you've restored a kind of um, efficiency. There's, you know, you've got this huge pile over there at the door waiting to go to goodwill, right? That feeling of restoring balance, restoring clarity, that restoration feeling, that is a yin energy. And it Of course, in this example, it's coming after a bunch of big yang energy, right? But it's a yin energy, that restoring of that order or anything, restoring anything. But it's that that feeling when something has been brought back to a state of balance and health. So rejuvenation, replenishment, restoration, these are very important true yin energies, And we need to consider these energies in our life, in our day, in our week, in our year. Healthy yin energies in our life require that we tend to rejuvenation of ourselves, replenishment, restoration in our life on all these different scales. So you could journey and ask, how do I, what do I need to do on the hour? So this has to do with your real 40, 50, 60 hour a week life. What do I do on the hour to bring rejuvenation, replenishment, or restoration into my body and my chi? So, for example, when I was working on the encyclopedia, which was long hours in a chair, not always productive, but long hours in a chair nonetheless, which is true for many of you at work. I set my computer to make a sound every hour. A little alarm went off every hour. Every hour on the hour, I would get up. And I would do a very like three, five minutes of stretching, move around, sometimes more, sometimes less. But the point was, it was an hourly reminder to do something to restore, to replenish, to rejuvenate my chi, really my energy at that point. Question number two could be, what do I need to do daily to bring rejuvenation, replenishment or restoration into my body, into my chi? And now you're going, oh, Christina, you've already given me too many things to do. Panic, right? 
Answer this question by what I said about your sleep. Make choices approaching sleep at night so that your sleep is restoring. Your sleep replenishes you. Your sleep rejuvenates you. Give yourself enough time to sleep. Stay off the computer. Stay out of technology for two hours prior to sleeping. Make sure that you got done eating and drinking, particularly alcohol, at least two hours before you're sleeping. Make the choices you already know. These are not profound shamanic choices. This stuff is on the internet, for goodness sake. Um, Do it. Approach your sleep as a practice, as a way to bring restoration and rejuvenation into every day. You could also ask, what do I need to do annually? to bring rejuvenation, replenishment, or restoration into my life. And this, there's many shows about this. The titles of the shows say something about renewal or the return, because in Taoism, this is called the return. It's the return to home, return to the yin energy. And for those of you listening in the Southern Hemisphere, you are coming upon this time, right? We're moving into spring, you're moving into fall. So this is a really important journey for you to take. What will you do this winter for your true yin energies? And ask spirit what's necessary. So as we do this, all these things from the stillness and the silence to the connection, to the grounding, to the rejuvenation, replenishment, then we can begin to experience, then we begin, we've begun to create the dynamic within ourselves. So we, were able, so we are able to actually support deep feeling and emotional well-being. Uh, we are, when we are in our true yin energies, we have the capacity to, to hold that experience, that experience of deep feeling. So let me be clear here. I am not saying when you are feeling happy, or when you are feeling good, you are in true yin energies. What I am saying is that when you are feeling your feelings deeply, whatever they are, you are in true yin energies. Yin and the cultivation of yin requires a connection to our heart. But I don't want to make you panic before I finish the show. We'll get there. But part of it is understanding that we must feel deeply and we must feel whatever we are feeling with honesty, with ourself and without prejudice. I want to feel this. I don't want to feel that. And I'm not saying you then go expressing all your unprocessed stuff out onto other people. I'm saying for you and your deep inner relationship with your yin energy and for me and my deep inner relationship with my yin energies, for our relationship with our yin energies, we must live in a way that gives us the capacity to feel deeply and from feeling deeply to cultivate emotional well-being. So if I am frantic, if I am working too much, if I am not satisfied with the work I am doing, I am already not in a position to feel deeply. And that's going to affect every relationship I am in with people and beings in physical form and with spirit beings. So these are important to understand, again, because our habitual choices around this come from the old story, because we didn't value these things in the old story. And so the biggest hurdle in valuing true yin energies 
is change, changing our beliefs and value systems because they'll, they'll happen naturally if we do that. And if we can do that, if we could cultivate true yin energy in our life, then the very actions we are taking become true yang. Much of the reason, much of what you and I do in our lives that doesn't really come out as it should, it's not really true yang, is happening because it's not expressing out of an abundance of true yin. So we need to fill the lake. Think of your yin energy as a lake in the very base of your root chakra. That lake needs to be full. And for those of you that have driven up and down I-5 out here on the west coast of the United States, you can drive, drive by this amazing lake um, on your way into Northern California. And you can see how this lake, I think it's Lake Shasta, you can see over the years this, this strip of brown around the lake as the lake has been depleting and the level of the lake has been going down. You want to look into your root chakra and see that beautiful lake of yin energy. You want to see a brown stripe around your chakra. You want to see that the water is lapping right on the shore of life. You don't want a big old brown space because your yin energy is being depleted and going down and down and down. So emotional well-being comes from that. It comes from a willingness to let our emotions flow free of emotional patterning, to flow free from our tears and our fears around feeling one way or another. And emotional well-being comes from allowing our emotions to flow free of beliefs that tell you you can't feel this way or that way because you're a man or because you're gay or because you were never allowed to cry as a child or because your parent was overly emotional so nobody else in the family got to have any you know whatever the story is whatever the identification is it's not an excuse it's an explanation but it's not an excuse you were given a full palette of feelings of emotions and to restore your yin energy you must be willing to feel them all deeply and let them all move emotional well-being comes from um, each of us being willing to let our soul parts come back to clearing the old story that each of that, those parts carries and to integrating the energy, the soul part energy, story free into the present you. For most contemporary people, at least Americans, anyone in the Western thought world, emotional well-being will require soul retrieval. And once we commit to feeling deeply, We also have to commit to learning some kind of actual energy clearing or we'll bore ourselves to death, reenacting the very same stories over and over again, reacting to every little thing in life exactly the same way every time. So, which is actually, by the way, an expression of false yin energy. To be super sensitive to everything is not empathy. It's false yin. Super sensitive means you are deeply and painfully out of balance in your yin and yang energies. And so what is important is that we learn to feel our feelings in such a way that we are not biased about what we feel. We feel anything that's there to be felt deeply and we move that energy and we cultivate a state of emotional well-being. So once we get to a place where we, we can sustain the capacity for feeling deeply, it takes energy to do that. 
can't be running around utterly depleted from your whole day and expect to come home and have a deep relationship with someone. Right? You've got to save some energy for that. You've got to have some energy for that. But anyway, once we begin to feel deeply and experience emotional well-being, we begin to become accountable to ourselves once again. We all began that way. But many of us um, began moment by moment to betray our true self. So being accountable to yourself now as an adult means the willingness to go back to the many, many moments in the past when we could not do what we needed to do for ourselves for whatever reason, because we were being bullied, because we just lost a parent, because we couldn't go to music class anymore, because of whatever, right? The important thing is that we, we, present time person, becomes accountable to that little past self and finds out what he or she needs, does your best to give it to them, and brings them back into the future. That's accountability. And then to live in a way going forward that you show up for yourself, that you take care of yourself, and you learn to say all of the no's in life you need to say to say one true yes. We've got whole shows about that. So when you begin to be accountable to yourself in that way, you begin to be perceived of by others as trustworthy. Think about the opposite. Think about those people that are constantly reacting out of their past story. You never know what to expect from them. They're always reacting and being set off by things. They are untrustworthy. And, that, and they are scary, frankly, emotionally. So what we need to understand is that when we become accountable to ourselves, we begin to be perceived of by others as trustworthy. But more importantly, when we take responsibility for ourselves, we begin to be perceived of as trustworthy by our own heart. So for those of you that, I don't know what my soul's purpose is. I can't hear my heart. My heart's shut down. Well, maybe it's shut down for a good reason. Maybe you haven't been all that responsible and accountable to your heart in the past, and your heart isn't really, doesn't really trust you. So start behaving as someone who is trustworthy. Do these things that I've talked about today in this show and become a trustworthy person. The inner selves that we have long turned away from because we've never listened can begin to trust us again if we simply begin to become trustworthy. And when we experience this renewed inner sense of this way of being by cultivating these true yin energies, we become dependable, trustworthy, and responsible people. Now, I know that that sounds boring. But that's the problem, isn't it, with this culture of celebrity that we've developed and that we gain sort of an addiction to, that we can't help but watch the train wreck. We can't help but watch. Everybody's got their favorite reality TV, watching these train wrecks of people's lives. It's not sexy. It's not a train wreck to watch people who are dependable and responsible and accountable in life because we don't watch their life because it's not interesting. It's not a train wreck. But what we are awed by is what they do with their life. That's what we're looking for. If we go back to the question asked by a listener last year, how can I live a life of legend? How can I be someone whose story is told to my descendants? 
it's by becoming a boring, dependable, trustworthy, and accountable, responsible person, and then living your soul's purpose. That's where the show is. That's where you're sexy. That's where you are powerful and beautiful and unique and inspiring in the world is by doing what you have uniquely come here to do. And you will only, I only, we only have the energy to do that if we cultivate true yin energies, the big full lake to be drawn on to support the needed expression of true yang. So this makes us to be dependable, trustworthy, and responsible. It makes us good parents. It makes us excellent lovers. It makes us dear and valuable friends. It also makes us good parents to ourself and our fledgling efforts to live our soul's purpose. It makes us excellent lovers of our life and our true nature. We no longer abandon ourselves for the lives of others because we're in love with what we are doing and who we are. And it makes us dear and valuable friends and champions to the true self who knows why we are here. And in this way, we finally find our way to integrity in our lives, true integrity. It is no wonder, it doesn't surprise me at all, that this old story we lived in climaxed in this global frenzy of appalling ethics, of moral, utter moral collapse, greed, um, just, just behavior bordering on the utterly bizarre. Of course, it happened because there was no yin and no connection to the source, the true source in the old story. With the cultivation of true yin in our lives, we just rediscover our integrity and our ability to act in the world with impeccability. True yin energies are the source of true power and it's then expression through the yin, through the yang. So true yin energies are that lake. That lake is our connection to that source of true power. So without the cultivation of yin energies in our life and in our bodies, we lose our connection to the source in a very real and palpable way. With the cultivation of true yin energies, we cultivate the relationship with the source and the ability to draw that energy through our bodies and into our actions. And in this way, we find our own impeccability. So I've laid this path here to give you a place to start. Where do I begin when I have lived in the old story my whole life? Even if you've railed against it, even if I've railed against it and I have, we still lived in it and it shaped our beliefs and values. And we have to write a new story. So where do we begin? Choose stillness, silence, perhaps solitude each day week in the year. Choose to gather the expression of your energy in some way each day and ground your energy and connect. Choose actions that rejuvenate, restore, revitalize your heart and soul. 
these actions need to be actions that move your chi, that cultivate it, that develop your inner awareness of it. Choose to know your heart. From there, you can begin to support deep feeling as an action. And through that process of feeling, you can begin to clear feelings that are of a different time, that are not true and authentic to this time, and develop emotional well-being. Choose to be accountable to yourself. The simplest way is a memory practice. To just be at your altar, allow your mind to wander into the past, to come upon a memory, and just give gratitude for the memory and bring your energy forward. Choose to be responsible to yourself in this way. Align your actions with your words and become someone your heart trusts. Be dependable. And finally, choose integrity. So that your own heart respects you and wants to share with you why you are here and join you in your journey in creating it. And finally, be impeccable. Whatever that means for who you are at this time, be it impeccably. The lack of true yin energy causes a false expression of the yang. Conversely, the lack of true yang energy causes a false expression of the yin. Humans experience both yin and yang stagnation, falseness, deficiency, and excess. True yang comes from the yin energies of your life stirred by your passion into full expression. True yin comes from the yang energies of your life returned to home, grounded, um, finding a stillness. And in that stillness, finding their significance and accountability. In other words, coming home to yourself to discover why what you did mattered to you. Something matters to you because of your heart. And when you recognize in your heart that what you did matters to you, then your heart stirs. The yin energies want to be extended and expressed. They begin to move into yang. Yang wants spontaneity and surprise. And as it receives that, it gives blessing and protection and joy. And you express yourself. And in the, in the reach of that expression, you then draw that energy back. Don't stay at your own party until they turn on the lights. At the climax of that joy of expression, draw the energy back. Bring it home, ground the energy, and in the stillness, find your significance. And find your significance not by how it matters to others, but by how it matters to your own heart. So when we look at how yin energy tends to manifest in our lives because of the old story and the belief in separation, when we look at our lives, we find our yin energy mostly in states of um, deficiency or depletion or stagnation. And all we need to do to change that is to change our awareness, not around our psychological story, 
but our awareness around our energy in this time, around yin and yang, how it feels, and ultimately from that feeling to gain an understanding that allows us to change our beliefs and change our actions. So for those of you that experience depression, don't think yourself as a diagnosis. Don't think of yourself as depressed. Think of yourself as in a state of excess yin, a state of excess yin energy. So it's too much of a good thing. And this can come from what I'm beginning to talk with people about as as the world is breaking your heart. There's lots going on right now in the world that's breaking our heart because we're coming out of a heartbroken story. It's not about you personally. It's about us. It's about humanity. It's about our time here on earth and our own development from the old story into the new story. So if the world's been breaking your heart, now is your time. The story changed. Begin to live in a way that you support the heart in your life. There's all this excess yin energy and depression to begin to do that. Begin to do something that matters to your own heart. If you tend to live in anxiety, from a yin perspective, your yin energy is simply stagnant. And so in that anxiety, your yin is stagnant because you're in a great distance from your destiny. And so what needs to happen is that stagnant yin needs to be stirred. Stirred by a true passion, stirred by something that moves your heart. Stirred by something that inspires you. It doesn't matter whether it's in your belly or your heart or your mind. Let that energy be stirred by something that is real to you. That will help to connect you to your destiny and bring you back on course. Because anxiety is simply stagnant in. It's present, but it needs to be stirred. It needs to, and, and our yin energies are stirred by that which matters to our heart, by our destiny. And so anything that stirs your belly, that moves your heart, that inspires you, is a voice from your destiny calling you to it. So let it move you. Let it stir the yin so that it moves you out of this agitated anxiety place. The irritation, nervousness, restlessness, a deficiency of feeling, these things are... All the stagnant yin. There's another expression of false yin and people tend to call it empathy and it's not. It's that experience of being super sensitive. It also comes when people are all accepting or overly accountable for everything, responsible for everything. And yet underneath that, if you were to move into deep feeling, there is anger. And so this is a false yin. So these are all ways that we can learn to recognize the state our yin energy is in and return to the path, beginning by choosing stillness and silence to begin to restore our yin energy to its true state so that it can connect us to the source of true power and begin to fund our efforts to bring our soul's purpose in its true genius into the world.
So I give thanks for the helping spirits that have gathered around us here today. I give thanks to the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all. And I give thanks to you, to each one of you, for being with us here today, for listening. And have a great week. <laughs>